Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. Thanks for listening and remember to like, share, and comment on the content. Hit that notification tab, so you will know when new content has been uploaded. And now your host, Big VJ. Welcome back to the podcast. Beloved, this is indeed your brother Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about some history. Right, we're gonna talk about some Bible history, actually. So, uh, you know, we're gonna be a little bit more sensitive with our conversation that we normally are, because we know that our people is um, we come from a certain perspective, and we want to be sensitive to that, right? So, you know, we're gonna talk some Bible history, and. Uh, we might even talk a little bit about the conflict that's going on between the Palestinians and Israel, right? Because uh, how we uh, how we got to this conversation is that we have a brother on Instagram, our brother T. Fowler, and uh, you know he sent us the link, right? And we take a we took a look at the link, and it was our brother LeBron James from Cleveland. And him and his business partner, Maverick Carter, was, uh, it was like a statement almost that they were writing to Israel or showing their support to the Jewish community in Israel, right? And we thought it was a very, very interesting post that they wrote. You know what I mean? So, not only that, um, I got an old head at the job, right? He's a solid brother. And we were also talking about the conflict. And he says that, um, you know, he doesn't like what the Palestinians is doing. And he said, you know, I stand with Israel. And I thought that was interesting. He said, well, what about you, VJ? Who do you stand with? And I said, well, you know, both of those guys is imposters, right? The so-called Palestinians are fake. They're imposters and... (laughs) You know, uh, the so-called Israelites over there, they are imposters as well, I said, because that land originally belonged to black people. Black folks, black family, black tribes, and it was stolen from them by the children of Israel. And he just had that look on his face, beloved, because I know, you know, our people been in a you know, our people been underneath the tutelage of Pochop and they know something, but they don't really know what they think they know. You know, they just because I understand, you know, I understand how Pochop give it to him. You know, he giving it up with the with the organ playing in the back and the tambourines and he going to sprinkle some offering in the message and he going to make sure you get that tithing message. But outside of that, you'll learn when it comes to the biblical text. Our people really don't really know that much. You're in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. I got such a screaming, such a screaming spirit in here. Right, and I can prove it. You know, I'm not just going to put it out there and say how people don't know much. I can prove it. <laughs> Next time you go to the church house and you see one of the members that been there with 25 years, right? 
You ask them to name you the 12 times of Israel, and you just wait. Put your clock out and wait. Just wait. You're going to be waiting for a little while because they don't know. And then they talk so much about Yahshua and the disciples. And uh, you're okay. Well, you ask the same member that's been there for 25 years, no new members. The name of the disciples. Just wait. They couldn't. They don't know. Because the message that they've been getting is just something from Pochop. And he's telling them they're going to get a new house. And they're going to get a new car. And their job is promised is on the way. And, you know, this is just the organ is playing, you know. And, you know, come on with that 10% and it pretty much that's it. They're going to get a few characters out of the whole book. They're going to get some David because there's a lot of Psalms going to come. And they're going to get some Solomon potentially with some proverbs and ecclesiastics and they'll get some genesis and they'll get a whole lot of paul right because you know that the black church gonna give you a whole sermon with paul they don't really talk about yeshua's teaching that much it's, it's like a paul paul kind of thing going on you may not you may go years upon years don't get nothing out of revelation <laughs> he skipped that thing all totally all together he go right to paul and then he close out and get that offer and he get up out of there and he go get good plate of fried chicken some some ribs that big old block of uh, starch that cornbread with some collard green with the vinegar on it all that hot sauce on it with some macaroni and cheese and you're gonna wash it down with a coke <laughs> call it a day we love it because you know that was the thing we did went to the church house and it ate immediately after right but maybe beloved all that is a different story for a different day Genesis 10, um, 10 and 1, we're going to start there, and then we're going to work our way to Ham, right? But before we do that, let's just build a little foundation. Genesis 10 is when the three sons of Noah, they got off the ark, right? Because the whole entire world was destroyed. Eight souls were saved. That was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, right? Ham, Shem, and Japheth. They are the fathers of all the nations of the planet, right? Today we would say Japheth or Japheth is the father of the Europeans, and then Shem is the father of our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters. And then, last but not least, Ham today will be called the Africans, right? Um, Afro. Anytime you see that term Afro, what the so-called white man and the Semitic man is really saying is Hamite. So, you know, Afro-Canadian, Afro-American, Afro-Caribbean, you know, um, Afro-Philippine. That he's really saying Hamite-American, Hamite-Canadian, Hamite-Caribbean. You know, he's calling you Ham because you're black. Uh, if you read the Sanhedrin 108 Bravo. Ham became black because he did some funny style stuff in the ark, right? I'll let you read it yourself. I talked about that many times on this podcast, but love it, you read it yourself. In the Sanhedrin, again, 108 Bravo, it shows you that Ham became black, right? In the Bible itself, it talks about um, Ham uncovered his father's nakedness, right? That's the that's the verbiage that is actually used 
And that could mean a lot of things in Hebrew culture, right? It could mean some funny business as far as some sodomy going on. And it can also mean some more funny business. It's like uh, you sleeping with your father's wife. If you knock down your father's wife, that is called um, uncovering your father's nakedness. You can find that in Leviticus 2011. And I believe there's also in Leviticus 18, 7 through 8. But it's somewhere in Leviticus, I could tell you that much, right? Um, when Noah, he rose up, he knew what his, his son had done to him. So there was a curse being placed on him. And it kind of didn't directly fall on him, it fell on Canaan, right? Which is the youngest son. So it picking up from there, and when you start following the children of Canaan or Canaan, you start to see that one by one, they're being knocked down by the children of Israel. And what they have in their possession is being taken. Now, it's not, poor chop just don't tell it to you like that. Because the way that the Bible is written, it comes with characters. And um, it comes with the organ plan. You know, poor chop going to give it, to, I hate to say it this way, I don't know no other way to say it. He's going to give it to you with the organ plan, the drum plan. So you get it. The way that it's taught to you, especially in the black churches, you get God, devil, and then you get the lake of fire first. They pack it to you like that first. You get God, Satan, and then the lake of fire. And then later they spring upon, they spring on you, the children of Israel, which is the children of God. Now, once you start seeing the activity of the children of God or children of Israel, you're like, you can't question what they're doing because the safety mechanism or the backup mechanism to keep that is that where if you're not with God and his people, then you must be with Satan and you must be, you know, now you're looking to go to the lake of fire. It's like a little fear tactic that keeps you in check, but mentally it keeps you in check to look at certain things a certain way. I ain't going to hell. I ain't going to hell. Jesus. I, I ain't going to hell. I ain't going to hell. Uh-uh, I ain't going to hell. Y'all, I am not going to hell. Because the way that we interpret the Bible is, well, it's the word of God according to the Semitics. It's their POV. This is their, this is their writing and their stories about what originally happened from their POV. This is why when you um, begin to read many of the books in the Old Testament, you see them a certain way. You know, you don't see them as raiders and attackers and aggressors as Semitics going into black people, land and tribes and taking it over. You don't see them as plunderers. You don't see them as combatants that way or warmongers. You don't see it. But if you just step out and you just look, the enemies of the people of God are the people that's they had the land first it's the black tribes and families that's sitting on the land and they're trying to protect their land they can't because the, the semites is coming to take the land from them and it's coming from their forefathers which is abraham isaac and jacob who they're passing this promise down right i gotta get this background first i gotta get this background abraham beloved is from a land called Ur today we call that Iraq we're going to have to cook on that because a lot of our people are saying that Hebrew Israelites okay that's great 
you're saying that your bloodline and your family line begin in Iraq. This is the place of your original birth because this is where Abraham is from or Abram. It later became Abraham. This is where he is originally from now. Iraq, right? He meets a deity called El Shaddai. And he leaves his father's land and he goes to Canaan. He goes to a place in Canaan that, you know, it's all occupied by black folks, but he, he went to like the desert area first. So it was like a famine there. He had to go to Egypt. Kind of gained some wealth in Egypt. I don't want to really say how because I said it before. I don't want to say how he got it. Got, he got wealthy. We're talking about Abram, how he got wealthy in Egypt. But uh, I don't know. It's my podcast. Maybe I should say, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I don't want to offend nobody with this. It is almost a little pimpish how Abraham got wealth. He went to Egypt with his wife. And according to the story, you know, he kind of schooled his wife. He's like, yo, these people are going to be into you. We're talking about the Egyptians, the, uh, the comedics. He's like, they're going to they're gonna want you as their wife. So I want you to play like you my sister. And then you would see that his wife, Sarah, would go into these palaces. They Somehow they came in contact with powerful men, not just the regular degular Joe Blow. His wife got in the presence of powerful princes and pharaohs. And she would go into the house and then she would come out of the house and it would be a little conversation about what they didn't know. You know, she was married and this and that. And then, but in the process, they're giving them cattle and male service and female service and he so by the time he leaves Egypt he's wealthy he's so wealthy that him and his nephew had to split apart from each other him and Lot had to go separate ways because they had you know the man accumulated so much wealth in Egypt he had like yo they had to split up because they, it, it was too much for different story for a different day but this is how he got rich he's living amongst the people black folks black tribes black families and there's a promise in Abraham's heart by his deity El Shaddai that he's going to get that land now we're going to have to cook on that as well because I often teach our people here that see the problem with black folks is that they don't look down the line they don't know how to look down the line 25 years and 50 years and 75 years and 100 years and they don't they are amongst people the so-called white men and the Semitics that do look down the line a hundred years. Abraham is literally around black people and the whole entire time he's around them, in his heart he's saying, you know, my descendants is going to get this land one day. Now just think about that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in their heart, they're walking around black folks all around Canaan, you know, <laughs> all these Canaanites, all in, in, their, in their heart, they're saying, you know, the guy that we serve going to move you, they're going to give us your land. We're going to take this land from y'all one day. This going to be ours. Now, the black folks that's engaging them every day, selling them, helping them out, going to school, going to the market, they're not thinking about that. They don't know that, but this is in these folks' heart. So much so that they go through a sojourn in Egypt in which they say they was underneath slavery, right? And they in bondage for 400 years. You know, I be trying to make out the 400 years, you know, because I just, I can't see the 400 years when I do the math, but maybe, I mean, 
I'm missing something because while they're in Egypt, they're doing great. And then there was a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, right? And then they leave. Um, they leave that Pharaoh and they get a Pharaoh. Like I said, he didn't know Joseph at all. So he treated the Israelites harshly and he wanted to get rid of the male children. They hid Moses. And then in one generation, Moses delivered the people. It wasn't on for it wasn't you no know, 400 year run. He, he did it in his same generation. He he delivered his people about it. Not only that, because you know our people, right, black folks in America, especially, they feel like that's the part of the story they connect with so much. You know what I'm saying? Like yo, I, you know our people was like you know the Hebrews. You know they oh don't work me like a Hebrew slave. Well, let's talk about that Hebrew slave because when that Hebrew slave left slavery and he went to the wilderness. Moses went up to speak to his God, right? His deity. At this time, the deity that he was in close contact with was a deity called Yahweh Elohim. And he went up into the mountain to talk to Yahweh Elohim. And the people got a little restless. So while they got a little restless, you know, they called on his brother, Aaron, to make them a new God. And Aaron eventually gave in. So he said, you know what? And this is Aaron speaking. He said, you know what? Give me your gold from your, you and your you and your husbands and your wives and your children. Y'all give me all y'all gold and I'm going to make y'all a calf. And he was able to take the gold from the people and put a golden calf together for them to make a God. Now, let's stop. Beloved, you seen the pictures of your forefathers in Mississippi. We're talking about plantations now. You've seen the pictures of your forefathers in Alabama and Georgia and the Carolinas and Virginia, right? Texas and Louisiana and Tennessee, the so-called slave states. How much gold you see on them? Because you always want to just compare your plight with somebody else and you want to connect with everybody. Uh, how much gold they have on them when you see them on the pictures? Mom and them now. We're talking about our forefathers. You seen some gold on them? If Harriet Tubman, right, put all of our people out of the woods and then plantations, and they said, We want a new God, we didn't, we want a new guy. And she said, Give me your gold, I'm gonna make you one. How big was is she? <laughs> Let's be real now. If our, our queen mother, Harriet Tubman, right, if uh, if she said that she wanted to make our people the idol out of gold, how big that idol gonna be, right. We just using Harriet Tubman. We know that's a play on words. We know Harriet Tubman didn't exist. We know another name exists. We know Harriet Tubman. They just kind of made it up. But just for conversational piece, because I think we're all familiar. This is who our culture called the Black Moses, right? So I'm trying to make that comparison. How big you think that idol is going to be? It's going to be made out of gold. It ain't going to be none. You ain't had no gold. You ain't had nothing. You had nothing to go for self. Meanwhile, we're reading a story about somebody in the semantics that ran out to the desert and they have so much gold on them, beloved, they can make a whole calf with it, a whole golden calf and make it a new guy. But I don't know, maybe, beloved, that's a different story for a different day. The part that we're going to pick up on is the part in which we're going to come after Moses. Because Moses, again, and the elders the children of Israel they make a pact with the deity called Yahweh Elohim now I have to just say a little bit about Yahweh Elohim 
and I'm just introducing the concept to some, maybe not to all, but to some. And um, you can take it or let it alone, right? Because we're just talking Bible talk. In Genesis, at the very beginning, the heaven and earth was created, right? So there's two type of generations that was created in this creation story. There's the generations of the earth, and then there's a generation of the heavens, right? In the earth, there's like five kingdoms of generations. You got the insect kingdom, the animal kingdom, the fish kingdom, the fowl kingdom, and then you have humans. The humans came last. There's also generations in heaven that was made, and we call them the heavenly host, right? The sons of God is part of the heavenly host. Uh, the angels, which are messengers, the Malak, M-A-L-A-K, are part of the heavenly host. Then you got more well-known angels like Michael or Michael or Gabriel or Gabriel, right? This, this heavenly host is called the Elohims, right? And then you have the chief God, which is Abba Elohim which he's at the top. Then you have the son, Yahshua Elohim, which is the son. And then you have Yahweh Elohim as well, right? Now, I know they didn't teach it to you like this, but this is just a concept. We may have a whole conversation on the heavenly host. I think it'd be a little easier. It may even make things make a little bit more sense, especially when you're reading a Names of God Bible, because it kind of bring a different kind of clarity, right? The reason why this is important is, is is this. See, when the children of Israel go to the desert, they make a pact with their deity, Yahweh Elohim. And you would see that Yahweh Elohim is like uh he's like he's like a he's like a military strategist almost. He's the military mind out of the host of heavens. He's like the uh I mean, I don't know, like he's like a 10 star general almost. He's a, he's a deity of war. He's, a, he's, he's over war. And they make a contract with him. Now, underneath the tutelage of Yahweh Elohim, you see that it's all about battle, strategy, and war. Right? So, the way that they do it in English is that they just throw the word God over everything. So you you be like sometimes you be like because even when I was coming up in the church house, they used to tell us that the little they say well Jesus is God, and then just instinctively you used to think just say like man you know when I read the Old Testament it's like ah uh, it just doesn't sound like the same. <laughs> you know you don't even know much like it, it the, you know and even some preachers they would say that you know the old testament god was this and that and the old and but in the new it wasn't this it was a difference you notice it was a difference because the translators just took elohim and they just throw god over everything but when you look at sometimes like translations and name of god's bibles is different they give you the personification of that deity at that time they sell they say adonai did thus thus and so they say El Shaddai did thus thus and so they say El did thus thus and so then they say Elohim that word Elohim means divine rulers divine counselors divine judges it's plural 
it also can be used singular right we're not taught to look at it that way when you see the deity of yahweh elohim you see him come in a male form oftentimes like he's physically in front of the people they can see him and then you see him in the form of smoke and then you see him in the form of, of fire it's so it's a personification thing but it all comes down to war war for what yahweh elohim is leading the children of israel to take the black tribes land it comes down to that and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it today we're, we're gonna talk about it today right um let's go back to genesis 10 let's start at uh let's say verse 6 where it says ham descendants were kush egypt put and Canaan." right you see cain in there He's going to be the focus of today's conversation because we're talking about the land of Israel and we're going to show and prove that well, they just took that land from black folks. It's just as simple as that. And we celebrate it. We celebrate it often and frequently. Let's go down a little bit to the 15th verse. And it says, Canaan or Canaan was the father of Zidon, his firstborn, then Heath. Also the Jubasites. Remember that name, the Jubasites. The Amorites. The Garshites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemarites, and the Hathatites, right? Later, the Canaanite family scattered. The border of the Canaanite extended from Zidon towards Gerir, as far as Gaza, and then towards Sodom and Gomorrah and Admar, and then Zeboim, as far as La Shah. These were Ham's descendants by families and language within their countries and their nations. Right. All right. Let's stop there. So we're going to see again, going back to the 15th verse. The Canaanites. His children. Which became nations. Now, the way that the Bible is actually written is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob first. Then the Egypt, they go to Egypt. They come out of Egypt, they're in the desert. Uh, they're in the wilderness for 40 years and they're going to develop a certain kind of character. They have absolutely nothing. Listen, these folks are in, in, the, in the desert, in the wilderness. They have absolutely nothing. So... They sign a pact with the deity, Yahweh Elohim, and he's leading them into the land of the blacks to take the land. I mean, just as simple as that. You see that all these nations become the enemies of God. Um, and they're being conquered one by one, each by a particular figure. Moses is handling over. He's going to hand over the uh, the baton to uh, Joshua. Joshua is a military commander. Now, we're not taught that these guys are like military-minded people. We just, we're so consumed with this organ playing and his tambourine and pork chops spitting and hollering on the microphone. We can't really see that he's just, it's just a story about invasion. Everything is about invaders and plunderers. And then once they take over one black land of the Amorites and another black land of the Jubasites and another black land from the Hittites and another black land from the Philistines and once they just conquer all these black tribes then there's a second fight of 
keeping it together, keeping that power over that invaded land that they took over. Now, you can't see it that way because there's a doctrine in the background that's tucked in the back in your subconscious called the doctrine of Satan and the doctrine of the lake of fire. Which if you go against what you think that the children of God is doing, you're saying, now you're putting yourself like, well, I don't want to be up with Satan. Because if I'm not going along with what the children of God is doing, I don't want to go no hell. I don't. So you just back whatever these folks say that they did. And then you celebrate them and you, this is what we do. Let me go down to another verse. Let me show and prove what I'm talking about. We're going to read, uh, let's say, First Chronicles 11 and 4. Right, First Chronicles 11 and 4. 1 Chronicles. And I want to start off at, we're going to start off at the first verse, right? We're going to work our way down to 4. And it says, All of Israel gathered around David at Hebron. We are your own flesh and blood, they said. Even in the past when Saul ruled, you were the one who led Israel on its campaigns to war. Yahweh, your Elohim, has said to you, you will be my shepherd of my people Israel, the leader of my people Israel. Verse 3. All of the leaders of Israel had come to Hebron. David made an agreement with them at Hebron in front of Yahweh. So they appointed, or pardon me, they anointed David king of Israel as Yahweh has spoken through Samuel. Let's go down to the, first, uh, the fourth verse, right? This is where the meat is at. David and all Israel went to Jerusalem. That is Jubas. Let's stop. Do you know who Jubas is? Son of Canaan. Black tribe, black people, black family. The Jubasites were living in that region. They told David, you would never get in here. But David captured the fortress Zion. That is the city of David. Now, David said, we're the sixth verse. Whoso, because this is, he talking to his people now. This is David. He's, he's, he's invading. These are the Semitic people led by David underneath the tutelage of their guy, Yahweh Elohim, going into the black land. And David is saying, listen, he's talking to his Semitic people. He's saying, listen, on the sixth verse, whoever is the first to kill a Jubasite would be made a general and a prince. I'm going to give you a reward. Whoever go in there and kill one of these black folks up in here, black tribes, black, your reward is I'm going to move you up. Promotion time, ASAP. Zariah's son, Joab, was the first to go into Jerusalem, so he became the general. David lived in the fortress, so it was called the city of David. Did they go in there and build a fortress? When he went in there and took over the land, did they go in there and build a fortress? No. They just pushed the black folks out and then they took in and then what a first he built the city of jerusalem around it starting from milo and making a complete circuit joab rebuilt the rest of the city david continued to grow more powerful because yahweh tassaboeth was with him let's do one more verse 10 first now these were the commanders of david's fighting men who exercised power with him in his kingdom all and with all Israel they made him according to Yahweh's word to Israel now let's stop 
all you're going to see, beloved, from each writer, especially in the Old Covenant, leaving from Moses, is military conflict. But the military conflict is with who? It's with black folks, black tribes, black families from Semitic people. So there's little things that you you repeat and you hear and you they say in the church house, but you never connect it to black folks. Like when you start hearing about Saul, they say Saul killed a thousand, but David killed tens of thousands. It just never snapped in your brain to say, well, he killed a thousand who? <laughs> he killed a thousand mosquitoes. He killed a thousand who? Possums, lions, rats. Hyenas? No. He killed a thousand black folks. But David did what? He put in more work. He killed tens of thousands of black people. They don't package to you like that. They do not package it to you like that. But this is the reality of the book. Right? Hey, look. Um, one of our favorite Bible stories when we was coming up it was like the walls of Jericho. I mean, you guys, you know that story. Man, the walls of Jericho, you know, man, look, the, the people of Israel, they walked around the, uh, the wall of Jericho for like six days. On the seventh day, they blew the trumpet, and we, we we excited, right? And we see that it was the prostitute that helped the two spies out. Her name was uh, Ray Habe, and Ray Habe helped them out. She brought them in. She snuck them. You know, they were spies. They was Israelite spies, and she was the black woman. We, we didn't know she was black at first. We just thought she was the prostitute that helped the people out, and then we... We became older because, see, the way that we read the biblical text in so many different forms, we see like the story form and the mythology form and the parable form and the inspirational form. But we never look at the racial side and the like the humanistic side. We don't ever look at it that way because we're not taught to look at it that way. The racial side is that the walls of Jericho, that was a black city. And then they was trying to stop their city from being invaded by a Semitic nomad group that had nothing. They coming out of the woods. They lived in the wilderness. They had nothing. They were fighting to take their land. Now, let's just talk about the human side of things. I'm not even going to say God. I'm going to say if you were down to Hollywood and you met a genie, what you going to say when you meet a genie? <laughs> you rub on that lamp in Hollywood. Right. And they got that, you know, they got these Hollywood movies. The genie come out. Hey, man, what you want? Man, I want this. I want that. I want this. You know what Hollywood is showing through acting and characters? A human side of an interaction between somebody, you as a human and somebody or some being that can make your dreams come true. It is very interesting, beloved, that we can read a lot of these biblical texts and we see like the parables and the stories that come with it. But the human side ain't there. If your brother VJ met God Almighty, you know, the first thing to be on my mind. Hey, man, I want to fly out of space, man. Let's fly out of space, brother. Let's let's get up out of here. You, you my God and I love you. Man, let's fly. I want to go to Pluto. Man, I want to go to the moon. I want to go out to the stars. I want to go to the sun. God, can we go to the sun? I know ain't nothing going to hurt me. I'm with you because I'm a human. You know what I'm going to say? Hey, man, how my big mama really doing? My big mama, hey. Yo, you know what I'm saying? How's my big mama? Do she tell me something about my big mama? I ain't know. Is she, how did she really think about this? How did she really think about that? Man, tell me about granddaddy now. Man, how long I'm going to live? 
And then we're going to really get nosy after we get warmed up because we're humans. And we're going to say, you know, because we're sitting and talking to God. We're going to say, man, how did you become God? Just tell me that because I'm trying to figure how you get all that power. I mean, how did you become God? <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to live forever. Can you make me rich? I want to live forever. Like, where you go? I want to go because you're God. Don't it seem so interesting to you? It's never written that way. Man, you got a whole book of folks talking to God Almighty. And they don't never say, man, I want to go to the moon. Man, take me up there. I want to go to the moon. Let's go up there. Come on, God. I want to go up there. It never happens. They talk to God. And you get into a war. Man, you want me to have something? Well, well, I got to fight for you, God. The whole earth is empty, but you can just give me any land. Man, you can point to the water and make the land just come out the water. Well, we going to go in battle for and you can just snap your finger and make the people disappear. What are we going to war for? You, God. That's the human side of us. But see, when you have a concept of God from another people, a semantic group, see, it's never that way. You never ask these questions. It just absolutely never happens. You met God Almighty? And this is what we come up with. We got to go to war. We meet hope. We meet the God. We, and the, the plan is after we meet the deity that made the heaven and earth of all the worlds. With super supreme intelligence, we come out this huddle with y'all don't have to go to war one day. Well, how about we do this? Instead of us killing all these folks, because you're saying these folks is wicked. Well, God, when are you going to kill Satan? We can just scratch all this and we can get to the... You going to get rid of Satan? It never happens. See, God's enemies are all human. But we was told about the Satan kid. When is he going to get out of it? Because all these folk is dying and we're blowing down Sodom and Gomorrah. We're blowing down everything. It, we it seems like if we could have just got rid of the, the Satan character, the whole thing, the jig would have been up and it would be... It just doesn't seem to work that way. You know why? Because none of it works if the Satan character is gone. It doesn't work. We can play this whole... it Nothing, none of this religious stuff works if Satan is gone. So we have to... The humans become the target. Why is so many humans the target? Black folks, why is you the target? <laughs> when, when... If we get rid of the Satan... The one Satan being everything that go off, it just... See, that's now you're in the trick bag. <laughs> See, everybody got to go but him. All is the mind. Shakespeare said that um, all the world is a stage, and the men and women are just merely um, just just players, right? So, these are mind frames. JFF is a mind frame. Shem or Semet or being a Semite is a mind frame. Ham or being an African is a mind frame. Now, I'm going to show you how this works. Whoever sit in that seat, that mental seat, they treat the other one accordingly. So, the so-called European, European Eastern Jews are sitting in the seat of Shem right now. They're sitting in the seat of Israel. So by default, they're not going to like black folk because it's kind of written that Ham is the target. 
the black guy in the hammer, all the black folks is the target because they sit in that seat. All right, now let's just take the Eastern European Jew out of the way. I can get a guy from Brooklyn and Baltimore in Detroit that's a Hebrew, and he sits in the seat of Semitic. You know what the first thing he's going to not like? The African. You know what? The Africans didn't want to be like you. Black man, they want to be like you. And who you want to be like? You want to be like some stinking African boy. They said, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. You preaching about all the holy people. All to the Lord thy God. The Lord said that you are holy people, black man. You were never supposed to mix with these stinking Africans. You were never supposed to stink mix with them Muslims, man. But yet you got lost, man. You got lost with them Africans. The Lord thy God have chosen me to be a special people unto himself. The Lord chosen you, black man, to be a special people. Why the hell you don't want to be a special people? You want to kiss the Africans' the Lord said to be holy, the Lord said to be separate. What happened to you? What happened to you? The black guy in the hammer, all the black folks is the target because they sit in that seat. All right, now let's just take the Eastern European Jew out of the way. I can get a guy from Brooklyn and Baltimore in Detroit that's a Hebrew. And he sits in the seat of Semitic. You know what the first thing he's going to not like? The African. Because he's now sitting in that mental seat of Shem. See, the guy that you pick on is the Ham guy. But Ham is the dirt guy. He's the guy that looked like you. So right now, with the conflict of Israel and Palestine, who are both imposters, because we see right now the original people that was in that land, they was pushed out by the so-called children of God. As children of God pushed them out of it. Right? And invaders moved in there and we're cheering for the invaders we love saul we love david he killed tens of thousands he killed goliath um we look at delilah in a funny way because delilah was a philistine and we rooting for samson we don't see samson as an apostle he don't belong there go back to the land where your folks is from go back to go back to uh ur of the chaldeas go back to iraq no they're not going to go back they want your land listen the folks are so prideful right dig this they uh <laughs> They was calling the land of Canaan the land of milk and honey. Not the land where their fathers come from. They, they, they left that place where Abram, who changed to Abraham, no, they want your land. Your land is the land of milk and honey. Honey means that you had so much cattle on the land. Right? Or milk, I should say. Milk because you had so much cattle. Honey because honey have to, bees have to pollinate underneath a certain kind of, and then they got it. So that mean that it's grassy. It's fertile. They want it. And their, their forefathers had your place in their heart from the very beginning. And now if you look at that place today. It's all Middle Eastern and so-called white folks that got the whole Levant. And you're gone. And they put it in the book. And you celebrate it. You know why you celebrate it? Because they gave you the God concept underneath that POV. And to keep your mentality in check, they gave you also a Satan in the hell doctrine. So you can't look at it like you should look at it. It's interesting to me for February to come around and black folks is celebrating quote unquote African history in the church house. And I'm like, wow. What, what are you going to do for that? You're going to play David? <laughs> Who are you going to play? You're going to play Samson? 
Samson killed the Philistines. But you don't know the Philistines was a hammer. They were black people. You don't get it that way. So you look at Delilah. You can't see Delilah as she's trying to do something to save her nation, her countryhood. She's the she's in the way. But they are fighting against invaders. You don't see the children of God as invaders because the mental check is where well, you ain't with God people. You must be with the devil now. So you don't want to be. So you go along with what you're taught that God people did. You don't even know who Jubis is. You don't even know who Jubis is. It's the city of David now. It's the city of David. We like Psalms. Right? We like uh, Ecclesiastics. We like Proverbs, which came from Solomon. You know, Solomon was the one that he helped enslave the Jubasites. You know that, right? He was a wise man. He definitely was. And we like the things that it's written about and we read. And But you're reading the book of Conquest. Now, let's not talk about the Bible. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about Christopher Columbus, right? What is the difference between Christopher Columbus and Joshua? Like, what is the difference? What's the difference? Christopher Columbus in 1492, he came to Santo Domingo, he came to the Caribbean Islands, right? Because he had four expeditions. Um, when he got to Santo Domingo, he said what? He looked around, he played nice with the people. He played nice with your people. If we want to make it plain. He played nice with your people. He hung around your people. And he yeah, you're pretty cool. And then he went back to Europe. And he told his leadership what? He said, you know what? 50 men, I can take the whole land over. Now, the people that's living there that look like you, they don't even know that's in this man's heart. He just played nice. He just hung out. He thought it was all good. And when he came back, he took the land and he killed the people. And then what did he say about the people after that? Man, they were savages. It was barbarians. They had to go. Look, they was doing this. They was doing that. But, hey, they was wicked. We took their land. They just so happened to have gold and everything here. So, I guess it works out. Right? Now, when I bring you Christopher Columbus, and we talk every day, he said, man, he was a wicked man, man. You know, he's, man, ain't nothing but the devil, man. Them folks the devil. I said, all right, all right. I said, well, what was Joshua? What did he do? He went to, he looked out some land. He seen black folks live there. Sent a couple spies in the land. And then he went and took the land over from black folks. And then they say, oh, man, them people was wicked in Jericho. They were doing this. They were doing... Yeah, it so happened that these wicked folks always got a lot of wealth underneath. It's just coincidental that they always are original people and they got wealth. That you just so happen to take it from them. Is Joshua wicked? Then you finna see tap dancing. <laughs> Listen. You just start seeing Negroes get the tap dancing. He's like, I don't know. Is he wicked? Is Abraham wicked? Look, 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 look at back, look at the Semitic and black relationship. Abraham had two children, right? He had one by a black woman and one by a Semitic woman. The one by the black woman, he told Kick Rocks, man, get up out of here. Get yours and yours, get up out of here. Gave him a little pail of water. What kind of man is that? But see, if they got hell and the devil in the back of your mind, you say, we just go along with whatever. You say, oh, I don't want to say that about you. Now, if I told you Pookie did that up the street, hey, man, you know, he got rid of his first baby mama because his old lady, blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, man, that dude is this, that, and the third because that's how you're wired. You're trained to be 
this is how you're trained to look at things. We, we, you know, when you sit up in that church house on Sunday and they start reading the Old Testament, you never, it never dawned your mind to say, these are like invaders, really. These are kind of like they're invaders. They're invading the land. And we're reading the stories about how they invaded the land from black folks and we're cheering that they and they took the land over and we we're celebrating it and we just and they know it and they look at it like that. And they look at you like they know you don't know no better. It's an inspirational book, beloved. I ain't got nothing against. I ain't we ain't changing nobody really. We just saying this is what happened. And it goes all the way down the line from Joshua to the judges to Saul to David to all the way up to Hezekiah and then you just see them first you see them invading these different territories one by one by one by one killing everybody y'all subduing everybody else and then you see them occupying and sitting there and trying to fight to keep that spot and then losing some battles winning others losing some battles winning others but they're fighting to keep that spot that was originally yours and now you celebrate every Sunday about how semantics destroyed black tribes and you're too green to know it. So I guess you can play the organ and dance and shout and holler and scream about the Semitic victories over the Hermetic people which they see as you. And we'll leave it there. Peace and black power to your family. <laughs> Beloved, I thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. This is indeed Real Black Content is Form Podcast. I think in the future we may talk more about Yahweh Elohim. The chief deity and military strategist for Israel. And I think if we start to open that up a little bit, um, it'll definitely give us an interesting perspective. Until next time, again, beloved, this is Real Black Content Forum Podcast, Big V. I will get up with you later, beloved. Peace. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Facebook. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment on the podcast. Your opinion of what you just heard is important to the platform. So yes, beloved, your comments are the engine and fuel to the machine. Stay blessed and have a powerful day.